0: You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM. And this week, we are joined by a very special guest. That's right, best-selling game designer, Jackie Leung. Welcome, Jackie. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, great. Uh, Jackie, in case anyone is somehow tuning into this podcast and has no idea what Dungeons & Dragons or Liches or who you are. Can you just give them a little pedigree as to, like, what, like, you know, you're kind of flexing your credentials in the <laughs> RPG space, you
1: know? Uh, sure, yeah. I've uh, I've I've written a lot of D&D content and TTRPG content for a while. Um, I'm a best-selling author on the DMs Guild. Uh, I've worked on the Uncaged anthology. I've worked on the Eyes Unclouded, which is the Studio Ghibli anthology. I, we also do um, this thing called Unbreakable. Unbreakable is a platform to re- elevate Asian voices and creators uh, to get into the TTRPG space. And so we actually also do 5e and other TTRPG systems, and, and we have anthologies for that. So we have Unbreakable Volume 1, and we're working on Volume 2 and 3 on coming. Beautiful. Amazing. If you haven't checked it out, go grab it. Uh, but here's the
0: unfortunate thing, is that today we are not going to talk about any of those <laughs> amazing accomplishments in the TTRPG space. No, it turns out that Jackie, in all of his sort of arcane research, has discovered the secret to immortality in Lisham. And he has agreed to come onto the podcast right now, and he is going to tell us all how to do it. Jackie, how do we achieve our undead dreams of everlasting life and domination?
1: Oh well, if you want to go by the old like second edition, third edition rules, we can go there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I was gonna make a bit, but I love you. Like, no, I actually do know the answer. Mean, yeah, there, there really was. There's actually the general makeup though was uh, so in older editions of D and D, it used to be you had you as a very accomplished wizard had to do several things. You had to one create a potion that will kill you. Two, right. you had to create a receptacle, uh, which was your which was your phylactery as they called it. Um, Mm -hmm. and in order to do that, you had to know the, so you need to know certain spells for that. And you also need to know certain spells to cast the, to make the potion. So you had to have the receptacle, you had to have that, and there was still the chance that you can still botch all of those and then still permanently die. And by the way, this I was- I always a- loved
0: the, like, the <laughs> self-own of, like, I made this potion, I'm going to drink it, and then I'm going to wake up a lich, and you just drink it and die, and it didn't yeah. work, and yeah. you're just a dead guy, yeah.
1: <laughs> the potion would permanently kill you, and the thing is, if you died in this process, there is no coming back, like, nothing short of a wish. Right so like oh sure you can't be resurrected yeah even true resurrection couldn't work on you
0: here's the thing is that i made this joke thinking we would get like maybe five (laughs) seconds of goofiness out of it and like i don't know what i expected when i asked jackie like hey jackie what's this obscure DD lore question like well let me tell you the true answer four minutes later like we're at the end of this uh this is my fault everyone this is my fault On page 202 of the 5th edition Monster Manual, I would say along with, like, dragons and mind flayers, a lich is probably one of, like, the peak, top-tier, quintessential d d villains. This is essentially, for those of you who don't know, in case you didn't get it from Jackie's summary a moment ago, this is an undead spellcaster. Most of the time it's a wizard, but different editions have flirted with the ideas of other Casters able to do what druid liches are kind of a recent thing. And they have enacted a foul ritual whereby like, in exchange for captured souls, they basically gain immortality, but they don't gain immortal youth. So the classic lich, you know, is the rotting corpse in the like decayed robes, that kind of a thing. They allow, they do this to sort of pers- endlessly pursue arcane knowledge. Most of the time, this is interpreted as being an evil thing to do because you have to m- imprison people's souls. Yeah, they're really just sort of the, the ultimate undead. As always with a guest, though, I always let our guests choose the, the monster. And I'm curious, Jackie, what is it about the Lich uh, that, that drew you in? Why did not you pick the Lich for today's episode?
1: I always love talking about Liches because, one, my very first Dungeon Master was such a, a, a Licho maniac. <laughs> he Great. adored Liches so <laughs> much. So. Uh, so we did an epic level campaign for third edition. So in third edition, you can do epic tiers. You can actually go beyond level twenty. You can go sky high into wherever your, your legion wants to go. My DM also loved playing liches. So in campaigns, he always played a lich in every in every other scenario of our campaigns. There's a lich behind the scenes manipulating things because they're the evil mastermind as they always are. Of course. And of course. Or at the very least, they're a lich who are like. I don't want this other bad thing to win, so we're. I'm the. I'm the literal lesser of two evils here. So yeah, we're gonna I team up. We're yes. gonna team up. I love that I one actually. So, That's a or, great trope. And and I will get into like some of the more iconic liches in in like the Forgotten Realms who are known to. Do <laughs> I'm that. ready. Yes, and I know so, you have it prepared. So the exposure of liches, I in my tentative 3.5 career numbers oh, in right. the twenties. There are that wow. many liches I had to deal with <laughs> in my entire lifetime. So
0: formative, like, yeah, you know, right? When your soft mind yeah. is just absorbing D&D yeah. and it's all about and, liches. And we okay.
1: homebrewed a lot of stuff for liches, too. We spent more time homebrewing undead entities than any other, like, any other racial category of species or monsters. Like, we, yes. we min-maxed mm-hmm. the living daylights out of liches, <laughs> death knights, and everything else that was undead and not wow. living.
0: Okay, well, you were, like, you were like raised... Like from birth for this podcast to come on and be like, how do I homebrew a lich, right? You are exactly the person we need to talk to today as we get into this. Uh, Amazing. Uh, With that said, a really quick refresher on the mechanics of the 5e lich, and then we'll dive into the actual fun stuff. This is a CR 21 medium undead. It's got decent stats, mostly good mental stats, as you would expect for a spellcaster. Great saves, because it's so high level. It's got a couple of skill proficiencies. It's resistant to cold lightning, necrotic poison, you know, undead stuff. Blushing, piercing, slashing from non magical weapons. It's immune to being charmed or exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned. It's got true sight 120 feet. Kind of nice. Um, it's a legendary monster, so it's got legendary resistance three times per day. Then it has the rejuvenation power, where if it is destroyed, it regains a body in 1d10 days, you know, within five feet. Of its phylactery, quote unquote, which we'll talk about. And then it's primarily like a spellcaster. Like its main ability is that it has spellcasting, at least as it's currently written. It is cool to see go all the way up to ninth level. I don't see that a lot in a monster. Like rocking that ninth level spell slot's cool to see. And then it's got turn resistance because it's a high-level undead. Has one action besides spellcasting that's called paralyzing touch. That interestingly I thought deals cold damage, which didn't I was assuming necrotic, but no, it's cold. Okay. And then it paralyzes you, of course the con save. And then it has some legendary actions and lair actions. So legendary actions, it's got a cantrip. It can reuse its paralyzing touch. It's got like a frightening gaze power. It's got this kind of like, like AOE necrotic damage thing called disrupt life. And then it has three lair actions, two of which I think are awesome. And one of which I think is kind of underwhelming. And I'll let you decide which one it's which. Uh, it can regain a spell slot. It rolls a d8 and that's the level the spell it gets back. It has like a damage tether power where it ties itself to another character and then any damage that that uh, the lich takes i forget if the any damage the lich takes half of it goes to them i think yeah yeah it's like it's like
1: warding bond it's the same kind of yeah, concept Yeah, totally totally
0: and then it, it creates these apparitions that i was reading and i was like oh that's awesome and then they just they just deal necrotic damage just like any of its other powers so i don't think it gives you a clue as to which one of the legendary actions i don't like very much uh, yeah and that's the lich that's the 5 E lich so it's you know obviously meant to be a big boss monster cr21's got a lot going on mainly in that spell casting but before we talk about its design We're gonna look back at the history of uh, the lich in uh, all four previous editions of D and D, and I think Jackie has a lot of lore to dump (laughs) on us about the nastiest liches that you could find in Forgotten Realms. All of that coming up in just a second. Which does, of course, appear in the first edition monster manual. I really like the description in the lore. They talk about them just being like wizards who are just like so stubborn. Like, I yeah. refuse to die. Like yep. What's interesting, <laughs> though, is that they don't make any mention of rejuvenation. They Mm-mm. say the word phylactery, but I was just reading it again today, and like there is no mention of them coming back. So like, what is the function? Maybe it's in another product that I that I didn't read, but I don't know in first edition if they could come back. What do you think, Jackie?
1: I think, so in the first edition, I think it was kind of like an intuitive notion about like the lich itself, the essence of the lich is still around and lingers in the factory. And I guess that is their way of saying that despite the body being destroyed, sure, but the, the, the mind of that lich never has left and will linger. They kind of let it kind of go free reign of like, okay, how do you want to interpret that? Like, oh, maybe it possesses another body.
0: Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. That it's, like, much more suggestive rather than, like, prescriptive as to how it's supposed to right. work. Right. Mm-hmm. So something you see in later editions, it's like, this is exactly step by right. step. Yeah. Even, like, in second edition, as you were saying, like, this is where they explain the potion and, like, all that stuff. There are also some vague hints... Uh, in two two we, I didn't read the whole entry. because I was kind of skimming it. This is what I yeah. do because this <laughs> is a lazy, casual podcast. Uh, but they talk about how like true names are a thing apparently mm-hmm. for liches. Yeah, and, like, yeah. As yeah. Some of that pops back up in five e. They don't really say that the pop, but, like some of the oh, specific man. names they I pull. Get, true yeah. names are also
1: an interesting thing. A, na- a true name um, in D anD D mechanically from second edition, third edition, and third edition were about. Basically, if you know the true name of an entity, you can instill a you can instill your will upon them because you right. have you have literal access to their essence, uh, which yeah. is what a lich is. And by the end of the day, because right. even though they're an undead wizard, they're actually when you remove literally the bo- the bare bones, it's it, <laughs> it is literally just a, an undead spirit it's who is it's a will. Is, yeah, it's a will. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, that's right. and that's something that, um, like liches try to avoid having. Right. Because it's like, yes. they can't get rid of a true name because every entity in the universe has to have one. Mm-hmm. But they can hide their true names, which is a big right. deal for them.
0: It creates this interesting, like, backdoor approach because you assume, like, we got to get the the, the quote-unquote phylactery, right? But, like, if you can find a lich's, like, true name, it's like, it, it almost seems like two weaknesses, which is interesting, mm-hmm. right? That I feel like everyone uh, really focuses on... The souls and like we have to catch this thing. We have to get to the Horcrux or whatever, right? But like, I love the idea of like the 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 really nerdy wizards. Like, well, yes, but if we can figure out it's true it, name, right? Like that, I think is yeah. even better.
1: Um, so that's that's one of those things that like true name is a really interesting like yes. thought process that I wish we had the chance to go back and talk about again. Right, yeah, because I don't think it's been around since three point five. I definitely wasn't in four. Mm-hmm. And I haven't. I, I've seen them no. like do
0: this kind of thing where they're like in the lore talk about like names are important and they just yeah. give no. Yeah. you know a way to implement that speaking of 3.5 in 3.5 the lich then i think as you alluded to earlier became a template which is something you, you like like stapled onto an existing spell cast yeah one of the things like you might disagree with me i know that you are a big uh 3.5 fan i always found that it's a dungeon master to be just absolutely exhausting <laughs> if you wanted to like make an npc it's like all right i have to stat up a 14th level cleric and like uh, what spell what how many ranks
1: and sense motive do they have well, you know what I mean? like and and that's that is the trade-off i will say for sure and and i guess for me because i'm so used to doing it I actually I, people are always dumbfounded how well I remember five, like 3.5 I don't even need sure. the books I never I haven't referenced the books in 10 years and I could still it's all make, in here yeah. it's literally just stuck in my brain I know all the numbers I know all the math because wow. it's mostly algebraic formulas thankfully so it's just sure. like, I just, I just yeah. shorthanded everything to like algebraic formulas so it's like right. you're like oh right. you want a 17th level ca- you want a 17th level wizard I can tell you the, the base 42 will and, and reflex get out of here it's just like I mean <laughs> yes they were a template you applied
0: it to an existing spellcaster and it gave them some abilities but by that point though like if you're if you're attaching it to like an 11th plus level spellcaster like that's what's scary is that like I, yeah. I, i'm a 16th level spellcaster in 3.5 i guess i have paralyzing touch but why would i use it right so they get it's a last resort touch. that's they what def- it is <laughs> for sure right and and the rejuvenation i think is the yeah. real thing thereafter right yeah absolutely <laughs> And then lastly, Forry, of course, uh, we are we are a Forry apologist podcast here. There's a lot of things I like about the way Forry did it, but the Lich, it's not one of them necessarily. Uh, they did introduce a cool thing called, like, the Vestige. There's three yeah. versions of Lich in the fourth edition one, where it's like, this is, it's a minion, so it's got one hit point, but it's like, this is a... What happens when the like the, the the phylactery is destroyed and the lich kind of still persists? So it's like this weird like ghost. The last thing I'll say about fourth edition's lich is that there was an epic destiny where you could become a like a quote unquote it's arch lich or something, but it was basically like a good aligned yeah. lich, right? Yeah, um, an arch lich. Which mm-hmm. I did have a player do and like it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Like I was yeah. I was into it. Actually, um, in
1: three five, there was a character class that actually let you become a full lich. It actually was a description. Oh really? it, yeah, it was like called. A class? It was in yeah like it a was a class. class it was called it, it was a full class it was a 1 through 20 class it was called dread necromancer and it was like one of the few, the last few like uh undead supplement books they ever did the difference with that dread necromancer was that you weren't yeah. an intelligent based spellcaster you were a, a charisma based spellcaster oh. um which was different and unique but as you progressed into the class uh you actually gained a lot of the templates of the list sure. so so you basically were you're, you're basically like investing yourself to get the the template for free and are like, parceling them out over the yeah, course. Yeah, they parcel process. it out. And then so the I 20th see. level, you just get the full, like, you get the final, yep. like, here's the, here's the little undead crown. You're done. You're done. You did yeah, it.
0: You're a lich now. Uh-huh. Right. And play the- yeah, that's cool. You, here's your that.
1: certification for lichdom. <laughs> <laughs> right. You've
0: passed your correspondence course. There you go. You can get it framed and hang it in your office. But yeah, that wraps up the history of the lich in the game. But that does not even begin to touch the incredible Ooh. breadth of liches that Jackie is about to lay down on us. Jackie, do you want to talk to us about some of the famous, notable liches in D&D's like, lore? In the history sure, of the, of the game? sure.
1: So Great. so in the Forgotten Realms, uh, there are two very iconic ones that I'll name off mm-hmm. the bat. Shaztam, who is the infamous regent of Thay, the Zulkir, which is like their equivalent of like Magus of yes. uh, necromancy. And, right. the, and Shaztam actually ha- was a big mover and shaker of, of the Red Wizards of Thay for a long time. Ultimately what happened was Shazham saw the uh, a vision from the Zulkir of divination and mm-hmm. basically found out about the spell plague which is a thing that, an event that happened in 4th edition for Forgotten Realms which yes. is basically okay. Mystra dies and magic right. goes kaput and so Shazham knows he 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 cannot stop it. So all he right. can do is try to cultivate enough power and resources mm. so that he doesn't get screwed from it. So he leads a coup that basically makes him the sole ruler of Thay. With a mm-hmm. giant, ridiculous undead vestige army of just like of a lot of undead, a lot of yep. demons, and basically kicks out all the rest of the other red wizards or kills mm-hmm. them, whichever mm-hmm. works first. Yeah, and so right. and because he can just re- he can just make them an undead. It's not a big deal.
0: They're just so much more <laughs>
1: compliant. Yeah, they're much they're more compliant. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So Zaztan was like a big was a definitely big bad for Thay. Still kind of lingers right. and before... Yeah. Is he still kicking
0: around? I feel like I haven't heard from him in the lore. Lore,
1: I believe he was defeated one time, I believe. Okay. I, I, I think in the recent bits, um, he did get defeated recently. And okay. I'm trying to remember if it was... Th- actually, there. so there's three novels. Three novels that were <laughs> written um, by uh, Richard Lee Byers i actually like to point the whole out He's
0: now, like, <laughs> referencing off-camera that, like, clearly the novels exist, he's just looking at them slightly out of frame. Those of they are that, right here! He just them. produced one of them, yeah. So, <laughs> so, pretty legit, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that's only one of the two Incredible Liches. That's, so that's yeah. Tam, and then who is our second important?
1: The second one is my personal favorite. We stand with this one all the time. Um... <laughs> Lorlock Shadow King.
0: I've never even heard of this person.
1: So Lorlock is a Nethery's okay. Lich.
0: Okay.
1: Sure. Um, and, you know, there's a whole lore I could talk about the Netherese. that could go on and <laughs> on no, about That's Nethere's. a different podcast. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. But right. but Lorlock is one of the OG yeah. Netherese. There's other Netherese Liches who survived the Cataclysm right. as well. Mm-hmm. And, and Lorlock is actually one of the biggest manipulators across the realms. Because mm. Lorlock is actually a true it's actually one of the few liches who's who's actually a chosen of Mistra. Oh wow, okay. Because Lorla ca- actually cares so much about the weave and its and safe and its safety.
0: Interesting. More
1: than any other thing in the in the universe. He he right. doesn't care about anything else other than the safety of the weave and magic. Even though he has his own megalomania and is also, you know, has his own schemes <laughs> yeah. and everything. It's a lich, know? yeah. Fair. It's a lich,
0: okay. Why do you prefer Lorlock to, to uh, Tam? Like, what is it because
1: about? Because Tam is, like, a very typical, like, mustache twirling yeah. villain. Lorlock right. has layers. And, and yeah, because that's cool. There's complexity. There's complexity to Lorlock's uh, character. Because it's not just about, oh, a great big scheme. Yes, it's a great big scheme, but there's <laughs> well, it's all for the service of something above literally yeah. above him and and yeah it's also this interesting
0: because right? it's almost yeah. like an appeal to humanity like if you end up interacting with him it's like yes obviously very well positioned to be a villain if that's what is required but there's this there's this higher calling that he has right that like you right can... and another thing about
1: lorlock is that sastam was afraid of lorlock <laughs> of course <laughs> and and Zastan <laughs> right. was only was one of the few beings that could walk into a lair go into yes. his lair and walk out unscathed because, right, yeah, because his Lorlock also, because he's such a powerful elder lich, also commands other liches in a hive mind con- spell. What? Yeah, he has a hive mind link with over fifteen other higher <laughs> level liches. No. And his lair also has a host of elder vampire nobles, <clears throat> and there's in, in a ridiculous army of undead equivalent to all the those that wrote ro- control them. Of course.
0: Yeah, amazing. <laughs> how can you not love that? Yeah, how can you not? It's like so it's, like, it's so extra, right? It's like, buddy, chill. We don't need to have all this extra stuff. Did we uh, need all
1: of this? No. No.
0: But we got it. Yeah, that's we great. We got it.
1: Yeah Okay. Okay. But that's Lorlock
0: is, is is the yeah we uh we. Stand we're like is the OG terror of, oh, of the Forgotten say. Realms, right? <laughs> Absolutely, but again with some complexity, right? Like not yeah. not a black and white character. There's there's some depth no. there. No, but I think that that wraps up the history of of the Lich as it appears both in the mechanics and the, the game, but also in the story and the lore, particularly the Forgotten Realms. Um, coming up next, we're gonna talk about the fifth edition Lich, how we got here, and mainly the things we like about its design. And then from there, well, you know how this podcast goes. We'll talk about things we don't like so much. Uh, get a little salty. That's all right. That's coming up next. Great! So, Jackie, tell me, what is one thing you think the fifth edition does well in its design? Either mechanical or lore, could be either in the lich.
1: So for the standard Legend Five E, I really like legendary actions. That's always been one of my compliments for making boss-like monsters for actually sure. feel have like those kind of capabilities to be a, a boss and layer actions to inject gen- the concept of layer actions. Yes, the the the, the Lynch layer actions could use some sprucing, but you know we we we'll get, <laughs> we'll the get there. We'll get is there. Like there's <laughs> almost
0: no completely unqualified positives in this show. It's always like it's a cool idea. <laughs>
1: You could make it a little bit right, yeah. So I feel uh, you, and and I think I get the point. It's supposed to be like a very generalistic interpretation of the of the of the lich, which is perfectly valid and fine. I would like more options because you know I like my options. Because yeah, (laughs) and it's such an
0: iconic villain, right? Like to say like this is the the boilerplate version of the lich. It's like, well, what makes a lich cool is all their unique idiosyncrasies, right? Like, what's funny is that I actually have the legendary actions specifically not necessarily in general in general i agree with you but i actually have the legendary actions of the lich as one of my negatives i don't think they're particularly good right so like yeah (laughs) i agree with you on spec that like legendary actions are great layer actions that's one of my positives is i do think the layer actions are pretty solid um with the exception of i feel like the the concept on that last one of like all of these apparitions rise up is like i was do so much more
1: could do and, do then, so much and then more.
0: it's just, they just deal necrotic could do damage. So much oh, more. that sucks. Like, come on. That, I want to, like, that, create there, so a ghost could, army. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I definitely agree. One of my positives was uh, kind of a cop out. I just think, on concept, you almost can't run, like, a big epic DD campaign without, at some point, kind of nodding to the existence of of a powerful undead spellcaster. Like, a lich is going to pop into your campaign one way or the other, maybe not as a main feature. So, like, I had to give them a positive for that. Like, they are so impactful and have made such such a like impression on the game throughout its whole history. It's like, that deserves a positive point for me. Like, yeah. they're just iconic as hell, you know? Yeah. And I love that. You, you kind of can't go wrong. I like the conceit that if you live long enough if you were really just like an ancient lish, like the concepts of morality would just sort of crumble away from you. I think you yeah. can get to evil a lot more interestingly than you can with just like, I'm a zombie, so therefore I'm evil. It's like, well, this yeah. person has existed for thousands of years. Their, their like outlook on the world is just going to be different than yours. They're just going to have mm-hmm. a completely different perspective. And their value of life and death how could they possibly value that anymore, you know? Yeah. So it, yeah. it is one of the few monsters I feel like you can approach evil from without getting too tangled up in, like, is this axiomatic—why is, is this chimera evil? Like, I don't understand. Like, it's just a monster. Like, leave it alone, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's very true. Because, like, lit- like, when you think about it, it's like when you live that long, your sense of morality is different. And also yes. got to mention, like, you're not a living being anymore, so perce- no. your, your your sensibilities about being alive no longer matter. Exactly. And, yeah. And so it's like you're you yeah, it makes sense it, it just because you think differently now doesn't make you evil. That's just it's right. just a, it's just a happenstance of the reality of okay, I'm no longer I no longer care about breathing or eating or sleeping. Yes. And and, and you can get uh, a lot of drama from, like, that, like, misunderstanding
0: or, like, miscommunication oh, yeah. of, like, Alicia's priorities are just completely different from yours. And so, like, is that evil? I don't know.
1: But it makes them... But it will cause conflict with the party, that's for sure. Definitely cause <laughs> conflict. Yeah, exactly. What's another positive you've got, Jackie? I will say it's just nice to still see spellcasting as a main focus for the, for the character. Sure. Um, I do appreciate that because, like you because especially like how in fourth edition you weren't we weren't sure how we were going to start seeing fifth edition like like because i I when i was going through those phases of like auditions right i was like Uh how are we going to get liches back in fifth edition how are they going to look like and so it's nice to see that like the central focus of like spellcasting is still there and integral right i think the only thing i will criticize is the fact that like you know again it's just one of those things that like how the stat blocks are written is just yes there's just because there's so many spells it's so difficult for a dm to manage
0: First of all, point out we have exactly the same positive and negative. I said it's cool to see spell casting. That feels like it should be their bread and butter, but it's a huge like workload problem, right? Like if Mm -hmm. you have to kind of do a bunch of homework and be like, what are the like five or six spells I feel pretty confident the Lich is gonna cast? I have to be familiar with them, like, but it's also cool to see power word kill as like one of its abilities. Like this is a ninth level spell. When was the last monster? You looked at it in this book that can do power world kill. Like I don't think there is another one. I think it's just no. maybe the lich, right? So that's yep. there's there's some cachet in that. Um, but yeah, there's a huge like paperwork bandwidth problem with saying you have to know all seventeen of these spells. Hey, did you know that yeah. the, the the lich has like sending? Like I don't I don't care. Like get, what are I, I, doing? I feel like, like
1: some of those choices of spells though are very narrative like see that's my thing about like some of the stat blocks and i'm speaking from this for a personal as a person who's played (laughs) many liches or worked with many liches across my time of course spells like sending why would a wizard spend a memory slot to to remember sending you can use that on a magic item why why waste the effort Put the more dangerous spells in. Right. Focus it on the thing that it's supposed to be doing, which is combat, or at least utility, one of the two. But, like, sending is not a utility in that vein, okay? No. It's it's not like, it it has to be utility in the sense of, like, okay, is it going to help me get out of combat or get me, or help me in combat?
0: Right. The context in which the the Lich is using sending is a narrative moment. It's not a combat moment. Right. It's not a combat moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need an eating space in my, what is very obviously a combat stat block. Yeah, I
1: totally agree. Yeah. You got any more positives? Um, I think the other positive will be that... It's also okay if you don't. Like, still, I, I that's mean, happened there, before. There, I, I have more criticisms than I have positive, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> standard for the show. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> that is that is pretty standard. I will say that, like, overall, it's serviceable for the most part. Like, just like yeah. the stat block. It's, but, like, it, there is more that I feel like it could have been explored with it. And, and I get that, you know... When it's the first printing, it's like that you don't have you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room to think about like the right. future yes. as much. So like uh-huh. I would like to see it revisited, um, especially yeah. with um, at the time of this recording, you know one one D D was announced today. Yeah, today. Yeah, so, yeah. That's yeah right. So we like talked about that so yeah. uh-huh. so you know like that's one of those things I'm looking forward to. Like maybe they will revisit some of these things of like maybe uplift like lift giving it a facelift of, of some I degree. I completely agree. Serviceable is an excellent way to like you can
0: make this work if you have to. But if, if, if I was going to make a lich my, like, central villain... There would be so much personalization that we need to do to oh, make yeah. this feel. Like, this yeah. is this is like if somebody spring a lich on the party, you have no warning. It's like, ah, oh, this will do. Okay, he's got
1: Counterspell. He's got Power War Kill. He's got Paralyzing Touch. But, good, but you know right. what that means? That could be one of Lorlock's random 15 liches. Not, not yeah, even. Yeah, this uh, is just. Exactly. This is one of the random yeah, liches. <laughs> this is a faceless,
0: you know, CR21 monster I need to, like, pull from nowhere. And you're exactly. like, wait, he has
1: 15 of these on the, linked in a hive mind <laughs> where they all can communicate with each other and see each other? Right. And yeah. Also, cast spell through each other because they all memorize spells differently are they
0: all in the same lair with him or are they in different yeah. places like are they scat- so like he, he, you, can, like, he open, can send them you open the break room door and there's like four of these guys like with coffee yeah. and like they all turn yeah. to you right like
1: yeah that's <laughs> actually kind of a real thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that is such a perfect analysis of it where it 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 could work but i want more so let's just let's just roll right I mean we kind of have blended these two segments together and that's totally fine uh so let's maybe dive into the negatives You talked about spell casting i think legendary actions are a little underwhelming i think we could do something more interesting with them i have some layers thoughts improvements yeah and layer actions i think could also use a little bit of help too but the one thing i want to bring up is that this has come to my attention in the past couple of years and i haven't really run a lich lich since I've kind mm-hmm. of become aware of this, but there's the phylactery question, right? Like there's this yeah. whole terminology issue. Um, for yeah. those of you who aren't aware, the phylactery is, I, I had just thought it was like a weird old, like old English word we pulled out of nowhere, but no, it is a very specific uh, like item. It's a Greek in... word.
1: It's a Greek word. Oh, it's Greek. But it re- didn't it's, it's, gr- yeah. it's, a, it's a Greek word, but it refers sure it to is. a very specific actual religious item. That's yes, why. Right. In and Judaism, that's why there's an right. issue with it. Yeah, exactly. And
0: so I've seen some, especially sort of like like Jewish GTRBG creators talking about, like, it's kind of weird that this is the term we're using for, like, the ultimate artifact of evil is this necessary? So I was curious, Jackie, if you have like grappled with this at all in your games. Is there a word you use instead? Like yeah, I've I've yeah. toyed around with it, but I haven't landed on one that I love yet.
1: I actually responded to someone's tweet about it recently, so that's oh, why great. it actually Perfect. seems really right on the relevant. dome. Uh, yeah. Right on the dome. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I I've steered away from it probably the last right. few years. Um I don't always openly talk say use phylactery unless it's like for the context of just the D Lich. Or oh, talking um, about the history of it, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like like talking about it in, in the general spectrum and not about like the gameplay or anything like narrative, right. like because yeah. To me, like, you can just describe what it is. It's a receptacle. It's a vessel. Yeah. It's a jar. Sure. It originally, good. it was a jar. <laughs> that's true. Soul jar. That's right. Yeah. It was yeah. literally, a, you had to cast soul jar on a box. <laughs> on a so jar. it's literally a box. <laughs> so yeah. you're just that's like. That's true. Right. Uh,
0: right. The only one that I've kind of gravitated toward in terms of, like, you know, different terms that still has some of that power. I kind of like Reliquary. Mm-hmm. Because it does still well, like have some of that sense, but like, it's not yeah. perfect. It doesn't feel quite right. So I'm just curious, like, someone who <laughs> I, has liches on the brain all the
1: time, so there was I, a term I, you were I, using. So yeah. I, like, I like receptacle and vessel a lot. Vessel is my favorite one. I've also just had it where it's, I called it an urn, because it's literally like the, an oh, urn that's jar. Oh, cool. And so yeah. those are also appropriate, too. I've done one where a lich decided to make a golem their receptacle Ooh, that's which is which is like that weird kind of like yeah like mecca like kind of mecca kind of idea of just that's like cool. i'm now the robot <laughs> right yeah
0: oh that's such an interesting idea that like when they like body is destroyed they're able to then control the golem that that's actually pretty that's yeah. pretty sick i've done that, that. i've done
1: that before i've done that for an encounter before because it, it was like a two-stage kind of thing it's like it's like it's a like, like very final fantasy as kind of yeah. Like, like i got my I next four yeah. <laughs> i love that that's
0: really cool that i might have to steal that but then, with that being said, let's let's transition into improvements. If we were gonna we we're gonna wheel the lich into the workshop and pop open the hood and make some changes, uh-huh. either mechanical or lore, you know, depending. Let's uh let's see. What, what do you got? What do you, I I want to pick your brain about this, Jackie.
1: So we were talking about like how we've had other spellcasters could also be liches and things like that. Yes, and one yeah. of the things that I thought was very lackluster was. You you know how in like how in Volo's Guide there was mm-hmm. the Hag covens and stuff like that. Yeah. When they talked about the Hag covens, and they talked about like the different shared uh, spellcasting lists based on the right. different yeah, kind yeah, of covens when you could when be together. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, because they had like different flavor texts of covens. That's so right. Yeah. I would like to have different flavor texts of spell lists. That would have been one thing Ooh. I would have appreciated. The most. That's
0: really smart. Yeah.
1: Like different loadouts? Could, well, a little bit of that, but also okay. kind of more like, give it like divine spellcasting. Because like, you could also have a, you could have a version of oh, a lich as a divine spellcaster. Yeah, you could also, okay. yeah, And you could do like the druid lich you were talking about, or because like right. Ravnica, all the liches are actually druids, technically speaking. It's nice to have those kind of different loadouts and different options. Right. Like, I still would like different spell lists for sure. Because like, I don't, the yeah. one is just kind of, the very stereotypical mustache twirling lich. And it's like, <laughs> I, I like some, I like some other choices. Right, yeah, so. for sure.
0: Um but that's what's interesting too is that you could design the lich in such a way where like you could swap the spell list out and have most of the rest of the stuff kind of stay the same. But it would feel very different because if you have a divine lich then it's gonna have much more, you know, smiting and it's gonna have much more like a presence of whichever god or druid obviously mm-hmm. have all this like it's gonna have blight and they're yep. gonna have all these cool narcotic stuff. Yep. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way to do it. Yep. I had a thought about spellcasting. So I'm trying to figure out how do we fix this, right? Like, I I think Uh they should be spellcasting focused, obviously. This is, like, one of the monsters where I think it makes the most sense to do that. I also, though, I kind of want to mess with, like, these people have existed longer than anyone else has been alive. And the reason they do that is to mess with magic and to play with it. I want them to break Uh some magic rules. I want to, like, can they concentrate on multiple spells at once? can they do oh, some yeah. stuff that's like this isn't how it works for you it works different for me i'm thousand years old and all i do every day is try to figure out how to like hack magic right like i want them to break some of those rules multiple spells mm-hmm. per turn or something like that right yeah. now the action economy is so borked against them we're like i can go in and i can cast my one spell and maybe i have a legendary action but that's probably like a cantrip yeah or maybe i yeah. can like you know uh make you scared I, of me like
1: eh. i have so many reservations about putting the meta magic stuff into sorcerers only and when yeah, i first sure. saw that because yeah. as a person who played in 3.5 and that's abused right. the action economy <laughs> so hard that's right so hard oh dear. okay
0: uh-huh. <laughs> but this is a great place for it. i feel like if anyone could do yeah. it it would be someone like this it would be like a lich. yeah of magic, all the characters who should be able to yeah
1: do, yeah the, exactly. of all the characters who should abuse the laws of magic right. um or at least the rules as written about magic it's like Maybe we should give it to the liches Exactly. You know? this yeah. is the one person
0: like again you like this is an exceptions based system we want to see
1: some of those exceptions and this is a great place to put it i feel like if we want to break the magic part of the game right like i feel mm-hmm. like they should we should do the thing about legendary actions too and it's like you know like because we start see we see it in indie designs more than we see it in like official designs of course always like, first that's where the good shit and, is yeah and, uh-huh. and the indie designs i get to see things like people putting five legendary actions on an on an entry and it's like yes we, can we break the number three now, please? Absolutely. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we did that in our Demolich redesign. We made a point about how many gems they have. Basically, they can, can crush a gem for a legendary action, right? It was like, one well, of yeah. So the an app, older edition,
1: right? yeah, because Demolich is in older editions. Like the gems actually did different things, exactly. Because they yeah. were, and so you could, yeah, that that's totally valid give them magic item loadouts too that are oh, nice because it's, it's a lich. Cool. Come on. It's like the equivalent of a dragon. This is literally the undead yes. equivalent of a dragon except yes. it's a wizard and they have mag. Right. They should be hoarding magic items because one wizard doesn't. Right. And- yeah. The notion
0: of, of Doctor Strange and that it's like the eye of this and the scroll of that and like the flavor of he pulls out this Crazy
1: book. Also, and, you know, break out of the three attunement items for the Lich 2. Give them, <laughs> yeah, sure. give them, the, give them five or six, whatever. Who cares? It's like,
0: yeah, they're only gonna be in one fight in the whole campaign.
1: Like, why not? Give them you know all I mean? the, give yeah. them all the toys. Like that's the, toy. that's the, that's 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 the goal. <laughs> give them the toys. Give my beautiful
0: it. undead child every toy that they want. Right. <laughs> to get a little more granular, one of my thoughts was I feel like the reliquary or the vessel or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it is like very separated mechanically. From the Mm -hmm. lich, I think the point there is to say that, like, it doesn't have to be in the same room. Like, I want a legendary action where, like, the Lich starts to drain your soul. Like, how is there no, like, fine, I'm Mm going to put you in here, right? I think some of the crunch and the lore of, like, second edition, like, this is the only way to do it, gets in the way a little bit. Where it's like, I I don't know. If this was a big, like, massive boss encounter in, like, a film or in a video game, it wouldn't be like, well, he has to drink a potion and then he has to do this. Like, you would just open the horrifying item and it would try to drain your soul out. Like, I want... Yeah, because then it also then encourages you as a dungeon master, like, if you want access to, it's almost like a lair action, like, if the Lich is in the same room as their reliquary, they get these extra abilities, these extra powers. So to encourage you to say, like, put it in the room with them, point it out to the party, like, there, it's that, it's that thing, grab it, right? Like, it changes Mm -hmm. your, like objectives in a combat so like i want the the reliquary to be a little bit more involved in the combat or at least have the option to make it more involved right
1: i think the other thing too is i know we now have like stat blocks for like um a sarak and and things like that in vecna but when we didn't it was harder to fathom like what kind of what kind of busted lich could look like and so like my my thing is like go bust it. Like that's my advice. Yes. It's like please, it's like yep. if if that's anything of a constellation of like what I would do mechanically, it would be put everything you ever want on this thing. Right. Like go yes. ham.
0: Absolutely go bust it. Right. I completely agree. That's a good yeah. word to use for it as well, right? Just
1: totally yeah. broken OP nonsense, right? That's I, what I mean it I makes want, sense. Yeah. Like the youngest yeah. liches I can think of are like a hundred years old, okay? If a if a one hundred year old lich can overthrow an entire country and right. then decide to become the sole ruler of a literal land of undead i think we can justify like anything older being even more terrifying he's not doing that with like like
0: power word kill once per day like that's not enough like to take Uh, over the whole country not that country at least no
1: no way i think the other thing too is like so like when you're when we're talking about like the stat block itself it's like there should be some real like actual actionable abilities that can just say that looks a little strong and i'm like yes it should yeah, it should. <laughs> I think what could happen, like to solve right. the issue of like the usability yes. that we talked about, uh-huh. have a have two different versions of the lit Or three, depending. But the main thing is <laughs> get five versions of le- the, there, the, yeah. Well, well if I if I had it my way, there'll be a lot more. I'm you. I understand. <laughs> but That's... but but you have like a lower level lit Don't have a whole lot of spells because we wanna right. we don't wanna overload the the, the, the um what you okay. have is magic items. So like a staff. The staffs don't have as many like spell it doesn't have a huge spell list but it's accessible because it's usually like okay you only need to know how many to cast and they're they're loaded with magic items so it gets the it gets the dm ready to use magic items in combat and things Mm -hmm. like that and then when you graduate to like that actual lich it should look over the top like okay there's more things to do
0: well another thing that's great about the lich and its design if you want to say these are these kind of three classes of lich is that the lich is like the ultimate recurring villain, right? Like because mm-hmm. that's the whole conceit of the lich, is that just killing them does not get rid of them. So you can start with the lower level lich, it's more appropriate to a lower level party, they destroy it, whisked away somewhere what where, where did they go that we beat them they show up again later in the campaign and it's that second stat block of the lich right like you could have this kind of advancing thing where then eventually yeah it is busted as all hell but you've run this monster twice before so you're not getting like dropped into the middle of this massive stat block with like i don't know how melf's minute meteors work, So i gotta like okay here we go like how does you know i mean you, you know
1: that because you had it like on a ring or something where it's like it let you cast it yes, once exactly and you're like okay exactly it's this thing so my last point then feels kind of like after
0: that that's such a better ender but like I don't like that last lead layer action I think we should change it I think if we're going to we're going to summon all these ghosts no, no, no. I want
1: the ghosts to do more You want me to tell you what I would do with the ghosts I'd love to hear that's why we're here okay. Yes. okay okay so here's some cool ideas you could do with the I'm ghosts. Ready. So first of all, Get these ghosts So first of all So first of all Okay, so if you're thinking about, like, that classic legend in, in, like, a necropolis or a crypt, because yeah. obviously it's a necropolis, because it's a of lynch, all right? got to have an, a whole army. So it's like, right. you raise the army of the dead, and I'm thinking of, like, the necromancer from, like, Diablo 3. Totally. Where you can, so so they come in crashing down on you, so they come, right. like, just crashing down Ooh. on you. So you, ca- you get that damage, mm-hmm. but you also get, like, the, the kind of concussive nature of it, as well as being, like, being hit by, like, air. So you have that chance of you can either get stunned or you can get, or you basically get, like, difficult terrain because now the ghostly yeah. tendrils are just holding yeah, the hands, you down. Right? Yeah. yeah, holding right. you down, trying to mm-hmm. drag you down. Love and that. if you fail, you're sinking to the ground. Right,
0: right. I love that. I mean, I even think you could do a thing, too. Like, one of the mechanics I really like in 5e is the, like, if you fail by 5 or more because I think it lets mm-hmm. you, like, kind of have your cake and eat it, too. Like, I love yeah. the idea if you had that wave of ghosts that, like, crashes mm-hmm. down on them. Most people take Necrotic. Difficult terrain, maybe you're stunned, maybe it you get possessed, right? Like yeah. maybe it's like one of these spirits gets in you for a second and you Ooh. have to like make a wisdom save to get it out. Like ugh, you know, I think could be yeah. cool too. Um, That'd be really cool. It, be just, really cool. it just it just stinks that they're like they they get so close like these these specters rise up the souls of everyone that the lich has ever like and I'm like jazzed to reading it. It's like then you make a con save or take sixty six necrotic damage. I'm like this is the same know, thing as disrupt life. Yeah, <laughs> okay,
1: it's that, It's like it's actually a bigger disrupt life. But you're like, why would I do we that? Want I want then two of cap- these. Yeah, we have <laughs> disrupt would I need life two at two home. Of them.
0: We don't need to get one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have disrupt life <laughs> <We have laughs> at home. Life at at home. home. don't need I buy it at the <laughs> store? I'm gonna spend the lair act. It better be pretty cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the soul drain ability from the Demi Lich would have been great for your Lich. See, yeah. because sometimes when you read the 5e stat blocks of the Demi Lich and you look at the Lich, you're like, did they swap something? Yeah, what's around? going on here? <laughs> yeah, I agree,
0: right? Like, and some of that's the
1: Demi Lich is a different monster, which I didn't realize. Yeah, it's a obviously. different monster. Yeah, but still, yeah.
0: yeah. It feels like there could be some cross-pollination there as well. But that, I think, brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much yeah. for listening, everybody. Thank you so much, Jackie, for coming in, like, just... Unloading your like endless <laughs> fonts of not only just lich lore but like gaming wisdom, mechanical like insights, and uh, and just just enthusiasm for how fun this goofy oh, monster is. Yeah, we're so lovely to have you, yeah. Jackie. If more people
1: want to check out your products and all of your RPG goodness, where can they find you online? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at death by mage. Um, you could also find a lot of my products on the DMs Guild. Uh, but you can also check out my portfolio, which is death by mage one word dot c a r r d dot c o and that right. is my portfolio so that has every that connects to like my DMS guild account and everything right. so you can just find everything I've written for them
0: is there anything cool coming out
1: like in in uh, in, yeah. in, the, in the near future
0: Jackie that you might want to tell the listeners about
1: yeah sure so uh so at the time of this recording next week I have an article that I wrote for Arcadia for MCDM Studios on cursed magic items, which uh we briefly talked about before we recorded <laughs> yeah, this before was, we're it. Before we recording anything, we
0: had like a twenty minute conversation about how cool it is. <laughs> and trust me, yeah, folks, uh, very yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. I actually talk about the philosophy of creating magic mm-hmm. cursed magic items versus just telling you what it is. And but I do give you some great examples. And so um they're great. It's what really what I, great. Do you want to give them a little tease? Like give us like a like, yeah. a, like a fifteen second like what's a what's
0: a delicious magic item you've made.
1: Uh, one of them is definitely going to be uh, the one that you like, Timothy. It's the mm-hmm. Boots of Tartarus. Think about a ch- uh, ghostly chained boots that, when you use them, you can go into the ghostly ethereal realm. But every time you do, you run the risk of being trapped in a, in a dimensional maze full of hostile chain devils. So, you know, think about that. Mac is waiting for you in Arcadia coming out. It should be out by the
0: time this releases, because, uh, yeah, but based on our, our release schedule. Um... Great, but you know all of my stuff. You can find me on Twitter and all the things. I'm not going to bother Jackie with all of my handles. You've listened to the show so many times. Who cares? Uh, but thank you so much for listening. And until next time, happy adventure, Monster of the Week is a Pro DM production. You can follow us on Twitter at Pro DM Timothy. You can find Jackie on Twitter at Death by Mage, all one word, or on his website, deathbymage.card.co. Death by Mage is one word, and card has two R's in it. That's deathbymage.c-a-r-r-d. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Even $1 a month grants you access to the redesigned monsters that we discuss here on the show. You can find us at patreon.com slash You can catch those monster redesign streams Thursdays at 2 p.m. on our YouTube page. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, creative commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.